Let us bow. Father God, we come to you right now just saying thank you. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for this Sunday. Lord, we ask that you would move this morning, that you would speak through your word, that you would use me as you see fit. I ask that you would move me completely out of the way, Father God, that you would um, use my stories, my, my life, um, as you see fit. Thank you for the opportunity to deliver your word. Um, help me to hide behind your cross. Uh, thank you for uh, the work that your son, Jesus Christ, did. And we thank you for uh, the word that is about to go forward. Use me as you see fit, Father God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 So we are continuing our systematics study through the book of Acts. Um, and we are in chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. If this was old school, I know we would have our Bibles out. Old Baptist church, you would have your Bibles out. Some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all about to turn. Amen. Go ahead. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. Um, and... I'm going to have a quick recap of chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Our brother William did an amazing job of sharing a word with us. Um, and there are a couple things that stood out to me that I just want to share with you all, uh, just in case you missed it. And so, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 1, excuse me, chapter nine, uh, verse 9 through 11, it says, We are not called to be stuck staring at the air and dwelling in the past. William talked about how uh, the disciples were looking at the ascension, and then after Jesus had went into the clouds, the disciples were still sitting there staring into the air. Um, and I thought about that. I was like, yeah, I probably would have been staring as well, uh, thinking of like, did this really just happen? Did Jesus really just disappear on me? Um, and I thought about, you know, especially like we think about scary movies and, or, you know, thrillers where uh, things happen and you're, people get stuck on stupid, if you will, <laughs> right? Just sitting there staring. Um, and then the angels appeared and they said, what, what, what are y'all doing? Like, he, he's gone. Uh, but he, he will be back, but he's gone. And so uh, William shared with us that we are not called to be just stuck staring, looking into the air and dwelling on the past. Another point that William highlighted was we are called to wait but we are also called to prepare. So the believer, the disciple of Christ is called to wait, right? But also we are at, while we're waiting, we're supposed to be preparing for the future. Um, I thought about how it is important. It, sometimes as believers, we can get stuck waiting on Jesus, right? Praying and we're waiting on Jesus and uh, for, for some of us, there could be people around us that may be encouraging us to move, but we have to wait on Christ. And so it's a, it's a challenge for the believer. Uh, another uh, sub point that I wrote down was as believers, we should be fighting against instant gratification. We should be fighting against instant gratification. As we live, we think about our culture, the culture that we live in. As I shared with you before, my favorite commercial is my money. I want it now. Right? We don't want to wait on God. We don't want to wait on the Lord. We want, we want what we want, and we want it right now. And so the disciples, as we are jumping into the text today, had to wait. Uh, believers are also called to a life of prayer. 
And then William asked a question, and I'm going to ask it again because I, I found it interesting. Uh, he asked a question, and this is a question that William posed to, to, to City Church. He says, are you excited, right? Are you excited for the return of Jesus Christ? Are you excited for the, and this is a real question, are you excited for the return of Jesus Christ? All right, so three of you are excited. That's exactly what I heard on the podcast. I was like, ooh, City Church, we got to do a little better. He asked the question, is the return of Jesus something that excites you? He didn't ask, are you excited about going to the Kings game? That's what the crowd sound like, you know, it's like just Kings fans. Y'all, none of y'all see? That's exactly how it sounded in, on, the, on the podcast. But something, right, the return of Jesus should excite us. It should excite us, but we find ourselves stuck, contemplating, waiting, like, I am excited, but, you know, I got things that I want to accomplish. I got a business that I'm trying to build. I got a relationship that I'm working on. I got uh, friends that don't know the Lord yet. So it can be exciting, but it also can be a a space that uh, brings a challenge for us. So as we jump into our text today, how many of you have, and uh, Ryan, it's it's funny that Ryan shared this earlier. He said he's studying, and he had to learn a whole bunch of acronyms. How many of you have ever been taught the acronym for ACTS? Maybe in Bible study, children's church, ACTS. Ryan has his hand raised, uh, so he he must remember. Um, and, and And the one that I was taught is the A stands for adoration. The C stands for confession. The T stands for thanksgiving. And the S stands for supplication. So as we're in the books of Acts, uh, in the book of Acts, and we're thinking about this text, and we think about uh, Acts, they talk about when you're praying to God, you should have a moment of adoration where we're praising God and thanking him for who he is and how wonderful. And then we should have that moment where we're confessing our sin, our issues, our trials, our dilemmas. And then we have the T where we're giving thanks to God. We're thanking him for the good, the bad, right? We, and then lastly, the supplication, which is what? The request. Things that you want, to, you want God to work on for you, right? How many of you have some requests for the Lord? How many of you want, how many of you are going through something where if you, um, how many of you just need a little help from the Lord? Right? So I don't, I think that's everyone in here. So the, the Bible says that we should have, uh, we should make our request known to God. And how do we make our request known to God? This is a real question. How do we make our request known to God? Prayer, sharing, yes, confessing. And so as we jump into Acts 1, verses 12 through 14, it reads, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were, sta- where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And as I was reading and studying, there was something that popped up in my commentary that was a little petty. 
a little petty I want to share with you all that one of the commentators that was writing on uh, this text talked about how uh, his brothers were present, the family was there, but there was a moment where that same family thought Jesus was out of his mind, thought Jesus was crazy because he was saying that he was the Messiah. And so when I thought about that, I thought that it was interesting that sometimes we're going to be surrounded by people that may not, at one point, may not believe in us, may not see the things that God sees, right, that God has placed on our hearts. And so we see within the text now that his brothers were now there with him. And before, right, so this commentator decided to be a little petty and say, I want to highlight this, this portion of they were here, but now here they are believing that Christ is the Messiah. So our, our title for today, as we uh, continue our study, is, are you ready? Yeah. All right, I want to make sure y'all are ready this morning, amen. So the title is Constant Prayer and Anticipa Anticipation. Constant Prayer and Anticipation. Constant Prayer and Anticipation. And as you all know, because I'm an educator and the work that I do, and I always want to see how we're showing up this morning, right? How did you show up this morning? Are you the prisoner, the vacationer, the sophisticate, right? The vacationer, the, the shopper. How did you show up this morning? How did you show up? And so as we think about the text, as we think about how we are in space today, some of us may be here as the prisoner. You're here, but you don't want to be here. You are here, but you don't want to be here. You'd rather be in the AC somewhere, right? Uh, the vacationer who is here, but is constantly drifting off, maybe even sleep. Uh, the sophisticate, right? That's that individual who shows up, but you know the word. You've read Acts back and forth, right? You know the Greek. You, you understand it in and out. Um, and so there's nothing new that you can learn today. Uh, then you have the shopper who's just looking for that one thing uh, that you can take back so that you can repost on Instagram or Facebook to make you look like that amazing believer that you are. And then lastly, the explorer. Um, as I always share with folks that I want to challenge you to be the explorer today. As the text goes forward, as we think about uh, what, is, uh, what God has given us this morning in the book of Acts, in the first chapter, verses 12 to 14, what is scripture telling you? What is God speaking to you this morning? What is God saying to you this morning? And so as I thought about um, prayer and looking at the text, prayer is mentioned a whole lot of times in the New Testament. Prayer is mentioned a lot of times in the text. And based off of the translation, right, and the variation of the Bible that you have, uh, the number may go up and down. But prayer is mentioned a lot in the New Testament. And as we think about Prayer, I think it's safe to say that because it's mentioned so many times in the text, that it's essential. That we can say that prayer is essential for the believer. How many of us believe that? That prayer is essential for the believer. Uh, if you don't believe that, hopefully by the end of the sermon you will. Because what I realize is that prayer, City Church, is the believer's superpower. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is the believer's superpower. See, when I think about the things that I've been able to overcome, the things I've been able to endure, right, um, it has been the prayer that has allowed me to do what I've done. When people look at my life 
and they see that I'm able to maintain the peace and the joy while on the job, and maybe you have a difficult supervisor, or maybe you have a, a terrible coworker who is out to get you, how do you maintain that peace? How do you maintain, right, that sanity? It's prayer. It's understanding that we have access to a power that is not of this world. Prayer is my superpower. I want you to say that with me. Prayer is my superpower. Now I want you to say it like you mean it. Prayer is my superpower. Amen. Amen. Our main point, constant prayer and anticipation. And there's three points that I have for you today. As you know, I'm a pastor. I'm a, a point preaching pastor. Um, and so the point number one, you can write this down. So you, I know some of y'all like just hurry up and say it so I can write it down and get on with it because it's hot past the eight. Point number one, pray together. That is point number one, pray together. Point number two, pray constantly. Pray constantly. And point number three, pray with anticipation. So point number one, pray together. Point number two, pray constantly. And then point number three, pray with anticipation. Pray with anticipation. The text says that the disciples joined together in prayer, that they prayed together. It says that Peter, James, John, right, Andrew, uh, Philip, Thomas, right, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, right, Simon the Zealot, James, son of, uh, who was it? Y'all didn't look at the Bible? Y'all don't see, we're going to work on this. The, and so all these folks were there in the text, right? All these folks were there, and when I thought about the first point of praying together, first of all, let's look at who was there. Some of Jesus' first disciples that he had called. We had Simon, who he also called Petros, which means what? Rock, right? That he was one of the prominent apostles. You got James and John. You got Andrew, right? You got all these apostles gathered together. You have Nathaniel, right, who was also at the, he was at the fig tree where Andrew brought him over. So you have all these disciples gathered together. Then you also have the mother of Jesus together along with Jesus' brothers, and they are doing what? Praying. It is an open book test this morning. The disciples are caught praying together. Right? I don't want to make this too challenging, and I want you all to, don't be, don't be intimidated. If I ask you a question, the, the answer is right there in front of you. If you have your, your phone out or your iPad, right, or your Bible, the, the answer will be right in front of you. In between Acts 1, 12 through 14, the text, it will be right there. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page this morning. But it, I want to highlight what I thought about for a moment is that believers, right, as I look at the text, Believers represent the body. So all of us here represent the body of Jesus Christ. If you are confessing, right, confessing believer of Christ Jesus, you make up the body of Jesus the Christ. And so these disciples gathered together in prayer, one body, many members. They joined together in prayer and the Bible makes it very clear that they came together. I want to highlight that for a moment. 
that it wasn't them praying from a distance. They weren't on social media. They weren't on, on, on Zoom, right? They were together physically, right? Symbolizing unity in praying. City Church, they were praying together. Not by themselves, not individually, praying together. And as they prayed together, they had a specific purpose in which they were praying. So we think about, I couldn't help but think about City Church and how far we come. We think about our anniversary. We're thinking about how far we've come from the garage. I don't know about you, but I remember praying in that hot garage. And now we've moved into a hot facility. <laughs> right? <laughs> but it was prayer. It was prayer. Uh, I'll never forget this, and this brother happens to be here today. Uh, brother Cliff, we were at the high school, and I'll never forget, Brother Cliff came up to me and said, Nate, what you think about us making this move? And I told Brother Cliff, I said, listen, if God has given Pastor Meeks this vision, if God is, the, the answer that I have is if God has given Pastor Meeks this vision and we have moved from this garage to this high school, if God has given him the vision, he's going to give him what he needs to move it forward. Now, I don't know, all right? I don't know what that means, but that's what I'm confident in. I'm confident that God has given him a vision because I left my church and I've, I came here because I saw that, God, actually, I just wanted coffee. I just wanted coffee. Yeah, so Sister Audrey, pastor said we were having coffee, and I left. I left as a youth pastor. A youth and young adult pastor. I, I came as just Nathan and left as youth and young adult pastor because God had given him a vision. And so when we think about prayer, this is the power of prayer. When he, gave, when he said, I see you as my youth and young adult pastor, I told him, no, you don't. That is not, that's not why I'm here. I'm here for the free coffee, and I want to know why you're leaving, right? I want to know why you're moving churches. That's all I want to know. And he says, and so I'm planning a church. And I said, that's good. I said, I'm glad. I'm going to be there. And he said, I also see you as my youth and young adult pastor. But I want you to pray on it. And I told him, I said, no, my, my life, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I am going to ruin it. And pastor's words to me was, don't worry about it. It's not about you. I need you to... Stick close to me, continue to pray, and you'll be all right. That was 12 years ago. 12 years ago. So, and, and, and I, don't, I don't say that, right? I don't say that for glory. I say that because it was prayer that has brought me this far. It, ha it was prayer. So we look at the text. We see that they come together physically, and they begin to pray. And one of the things that I highlighted that I thought about when, when coming together and praying in unity, right? And praying to, in unity provides was, thank you. This, oh, this is no. You're going to have me all uh, with all kinds of cotton. I appreciate you, baby. Uh, you're going to have, so we think about this text. We come together. When we come together, it provides us with unity, encouragement, right? And we, we also have uh, strength, right? Because it's strength in numbers. And then it's not only the beautiful thing is when we come together, we're not just praying individually, we're praying collectively. So as Eric was praying, when pray, had that amazing prayer this morning, we're also all praying behind her, asking God to move in this service, right? 
It's not about the individual. It's about all of us working together. So these disciples moved together in unity and began to pray. Romans 111, one of my, or 11 in, Romans 111 and 12, one of my favorite passages um, as I've been gone, right, as I've been away from City Church traveling and uh, through, for I Am Impact, God is opening up doors. But one of my favorite passages, and I think about it as I'm coming into City Church, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. See, there's something about when we come together, right, sometimes we don't even have to say anything. I see you, you see me, and we know that we're here. It increases our faith. And so Paul in Romans 1, 11, he's telling this church in Rome, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift. And see, sometimes we think that it has to be something fancy, right, something supernatural, but it's really just us coming in together and looking at each other. Because I see you, you see me, and we encourage. Our faith is strengthened. And so these believers spent time together, and they were strengthened mutually. There is a power in praying together. God did not call for us to live in isolation. Our, uh, the Bible says that our enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I shared with some of you, I shared uh, with some of you before that I was watching the, uh, the, the, the Animal Channel, right? Anybody watch the Animal Channel? All right, Sister Diana, I see your hand went up fast, too. That must be a hobby. She was like, yes, love watching the Animal Channel. So I was watching the Animal Channel, and what I realized is that, the, that I was watching the lions hunt. I was watching the lions hunt, right? And I was thinking about this text. The devil's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so when I looked at the text and I thought about the animal channel, I thought about how when these, animal, when these lions were hunting, they were looking for the zebra, they were looking for the deer, they were looking for, right, the buffalo, the one that had wandered off. They were looking for the one that was isolated. They were looking for the one that was just smelling the flowers, right, and had walked off from the community where they had protection, where they can see each other, right, where they had community. The line was, by, was, was creeping, and I was looking at the, I, th- I believe it was a d- zebra, and I was like, poor zebra. You don't even know what's about to happen because you don't water off from mom and daddy, right, and grandma and your uncles and your cousins, and you by yourself. And so, and I, and I thought about something, right, and, and, and for, for, for those of you who this is a, a black culture thing, right? If, if, if one of us, right, begins to just get up and start running, if I see Paul, if I look at Paul, he just, if he looked behind me right now and just took off running, I'm running. I'm not asking no questions. I'm not, hey, Paul, what's going on? I'm running as well. So when we think about this text, right, the zebra had nobody to look at, right? The zebra was by itself. And so when all the other zebra took off, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't see anybody, and then he heard the line. So when I thought about that, I thought, I thought about City Church. I thought about us as believers, how sometimes we can get in the habit of becoming isolated. Where we're, I'm going to go do me. I don't need small group. I don't need to come to service. I can do this by myself. 
And so when I thought about that, I thought about how it's important for us, just like the disciples, to worship together, to move together in unity. Because the text says that they were praying together, praying together. Nobody there to, uh, to, to, to watch if something happens. Um, praying is good for you, uh, by yourself, but praying together is magnificent. Think about this. Praying together is magnificent. And for some of us, um, I'm guilty in our households, we need to be praying together, right? Because we can pray individually, but there's something supernatural that happens when we pray together. So they prayed together. Jesus himself said, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. It's something special what happens when we come together in prayer. So point number one, pray together. Point number two, point number two, pray constantly. Pray constantly. The text says that not only did they join together, but they joined together constantly in prayer, praying again as, again, as a believer, your prayer is your superpower. The disciples understood that in order for us, right, in order for us to be able to do what God has called us to do, we're going to need access to his power. We need to pray. Prayer grants the believer access to another dimension, access to another realm. Because we have to think about this, y'all. City, we, the, the Bible says that we are in war, not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, right? Again, in another realm. So for us as the believers, it's important for us to be praying because our prayer gives us access to another realm. The believer uh, who prays has access to supernatural abilities. I'm going to say that again. The, the, the believer who is grounded in prayer has access to supernatural abilities. What do I mean by that? There are things that may be going on in your life Right? But you're able to weather the storm because you're covered in prayer. Right? That, that lion has no access to you because you are covered in prayer. So we must pray constantly. When I pray for a word, um, thinking about this text, y'all, when I pray for a word, it was something amazing that happened. And there's been times where I've gone to, uh, to, to pray and to, I'm about to preach and I'm thinking about my sermon and what I'm going to say, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say and when I'm going to say it and what text I'm going to use. And there's this moment where the Holy Spirit says, hold up, you need to pray. Because the word that you're going to give is not for you. The word that you're going to deliver is for each person, right, that who will hear your voice, but then also for the betterment of the community at City Church. So you need to pray. And so it's almost uh, kind of scary because when I began to pray and I thought about, okay, Lord, give me your words. And it was something amazing as the, the words just became, began, uh, began to come through the fingertips and I'm typing and God is just giving the word. I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That is amazing. It got to the point where it was overwhelming, where I had to push away from my computer and say, hold on, Lord. That, that is just too much. It's amazing because when we are in prayer, we have access to another realm. Yeah. 
before my grandmother passed away, um, I remember her asking her, how do you do it? You have a life that confines you to the household. So after she got older, she, her legs, she couldn't, uh, couldn't walk like she used to, right? So she couldn't attend church. So her, this was her routine was from the room to the bathroom, the bathroom to the kitchen, from the kitchen back to the bathroom, from the bathroom back to the room every single day. And I would go and I would visit her, always spirit full of joy. She would always ask me, are you being a goat? Are you being a sheep? And I remember I, at, the, at the beginning, I said, well, first of all, Granny, what are you talking about? I'm not a goat. No, what, I don't know. She was like, because what sheep are obedient. Goat are rebellious. So she would always ask me, Grandson, are you being a goat or are you being a sheep? But I had one day I asked her, I said, Granny, how do you do it? How do you stay sane every day? Room, bathroom, kitchen, room, every single day. That is, that is your life. And she said, Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, she was a praying woman. All I heard was 17 a.m. Anybody listen to 17? I walk into that room. I was going to hear 17 a.m. Either it was going to be a Western or some old biblical movie on. So, I mean, black and white. You got Moses coming down from the hill. It was always going to be something, right? She had embedded herself into the Bible and also into a life of devoted to prayer. She understood, I will lose my mind if it's not for Jesus showing up for me every single day. Because from the outside, I'm looking like, Granny, there's no way that you can remain sane when all you can do is go from the restroom, I mean, from your room to the bathroom to the kitchen to eat and back from, to eat to the bathroom and back to your room, right? And sometimes, as she shared with me, and the visitors don't show up like they used to, how do you stay sane? Prayer in Jesus to Christ. So my grandmother went on to be with the Lord, and I thought about that as I was preparing that she was constantly praying, praying for herself, praying for her family, praying for her church. She was constantly in a state of prayer. So point number two, pray constantly. Uh, there's a text that says, do not be anxious about anything, right? But in every situation, but uh, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what does it say? Present your request to God. Point number three. We're almost up out of here. Pray with anticipation. Pray with anticipation. So point one, let's pray together. Point two, let's pray together consistently and constantly. But then point number three, let's pray with anticipation. Uh, the believer who gathered in the upper room to, for prayer were not just praying for the sake of praying. They weren't just there because they had nothing else to do. They had intent behind their prayer. Um, the believers were praying for a specific outcome. The believers expected something to happen. They're constantly gathering and praying, just like the believers in the text prayed with expectation. We, too, should be praying with expectation. We should be praying with anticipation that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. What did Jesus say that he was going to do? Let's look at Acts 1, verses 4 through 5. On one occasion, while he was getting with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, 
which you have heard uh, me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Think about this for a moment. So we're praying with anticipation. They're praying with anticipation. They're remembering. What are they praying for? I'm glad that you asked. They're praying that the Holy Spirit, right, that the gift that God, that Jesus told them was coming, is going to come. So as a believer, I don't just pray because I have nothing else better to do. I'm praying for a specific outcome. I'm praying with the expectation that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So Jesus told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay where you are, right? And that's why it says, it says they went down from the Mount of Olives. And if we think about the Mount of Olives, I wanted to show you all. There's a beautiful picture that I grabbed that um, you can see. This is the view of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. Right? And so, uh, right beneath those, that, that couple, that's me right there. You can see. Not just flying. I don't even like flying. Sorry. <laughs> so, you can see within this, right? Overlooks uh, Jerusalem. But also, there's significance about Mount of Olives because down at the bottom is the uh, Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus went and prayed. And then it talks about how they believe this is where Jesus ascended, right? Because it says after Jesus had ascended, they went back to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. So we're thinking about this text. I want you to do your homework. That would be your homework, as, as Pastor would say. Go study and the significance of Mount of Olives, right? And it's a, it's, there's some videos on YouTube, amazing sites, right? But we think about the disciples. They were constantly in prayer with the anticipation that Christ was going to give them the Holy Spirit, that they were going to receive the gift that God had given them. So my question to you, Today, as we think about what is going on in your life, we think about how God may have told you something. God may have promised you something. You may have seen it. You've seen the vision. God has given you a, a, a clips of what, uh, what it's going to look like. It is time for you to pray. It is time for you to pray with anticipation. Because too often what we do, City Church, is if you're like me, you will pray out of habit. You will pray out of convenience. You will pray because it's learned behavior. But the disciples were praying with a specific anticipation for a specific outcome. They remembered that Jesus had told them, do not leave Jerusalem. There is something that I'm going to give you right? You are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you have to think about this. They didn't understand what was going on. So what does that say to us today? Sometimes God is not going to give you the full story. For some of us, we want to know when, how, why, who, right? But in the text, it says, wait. And so the disciples got together, right? along with, uh, with the mother of Jesus and his brothers and the disciples, and they began to pray. So I'm going to ask you all, when is the last time you pray with anticipation? When is the last time you stopped and said, Lord, you said, you said, things are, when, when life gets hectic for me, when I can't go any further, I have to call on the Lord and remember his promises. I lean into the word and says, Lord, you said, you would never leave nor forsake me. That's what you said. Not what I said, God. You said you would never leave me. And I'm feeling a little forsaken, God, 
right? Because God is not moved, right, by our tears. We can cry all day. God is moved by our faith. The disciples got together and they were like, let's pray together, right? And maybe they were holding hands, maybe they weren't, but they were praying together constantly and waiting and waiting. And so you're going to have to return, right, to figure out what happened. Some of you already have jumped ahead, right? But we know that something happened. After all this prayer, after all this prayer with all the disciples, something happened, something amazing. But you're going to have to tune in next week, right? But I want to, to challenge this. I have some questions. I'm going to read you a scripture, and I thought about a couple things, thinking about constant prayer, thinking about praying together, and praying with anticipation. My old, one of my previous mentors, Pastor Dr. Ephraim Williams, and I believe uh, Pastor uh, Meeks, we were both there when he said, I can do more in prayer than you can do a whole day of trying. And when I heard this, I said, what do you mean? You can do more than I can do. I can physically go out and do stuff, but you could accomplish more in prayer? See, what he was under, what he was sharing, what I believe is that too often as believers, we're trying to do stuff. But what's really important is what God wants us to do. And so being aligned, right, in prayer, if my life is aligned with Christ, I could accomplish more than a person who's out there trying their hardest. And I thought about my business. I thought about there was a, there was a person who, who told me, Nate, you got to get your Instagram followers up. Nate, you got to go out and do this. Nate, you got to. And they were giving me all these amazing ideas, all these amazing concepts that were good. But I say, you know what, I'm going to just pray about it. And every time I have prayed for business, business has knocked on my door. See, I can go out and try. What I realize is that I can go out and tire myself doing these things, but the best thing I can do is say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And every time I've prayed, every time I've said, Lord, what do you want I am impact to do? Where do you want us to go? I get an email. I get a text. I get an Instagram. Person, I can say it, and I, told, I remember, remember telling this person that I could have 10,000 followers. I said, but at least the folks that I know who are following me, right, I may not have 10,000 followers, but the folks who are following me actually know me, right, They actually interact and have booked me for business, right? See, the world would tell you they have great ideas and great concepts, but it's important for us as the believer, we don't move the way the world moves, because I remember trying that, and I was getting tired, and no call, and I'm posting, and I'm posting, and I'm tired. And I'm like, nobody's coming, nobody's showing up. But as soon as I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He says, oh, now you understand. This is my business. I have given you the vision. I have put it inside of you. It is mine. Allow me to, to lead. So this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. 
May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, faithful, and he will do it. As we come to a close, I have some questions that I want, I would really encourage you to write down. Well, if you're not going to write them down, I highly encourage you to go back to the podcast and ask, and not just ask yourself these questions, answer these questions. And the first question is this, what would my life look like if I committed it to a constant life of prayer? What would my life look like if I committed to a constant life of prayer? Question number two, how would my life be different today? How would my life be different today? Question number three, what would I, what would be better in my life? If I was constantly praying, if I was constantly praying before I moved, before I did, before I went to work, right? When I was at work, after I got off of work, before I jumped in the car and I drove, how would my life be better? Another question, number four, who can I be praying with? Who can I be praying with? There may be a person who is, there may be a person in your life or in the sphere of your life that needs somebody to pray with them. They've been praying. You may be their answered prayer. Number five, how can constant prayer change my life personally, professionally, socially, emotionally, and mentally? How can prayer change my life professionally, socially, personally? right? Um, mentally and emotionally. I'm pretty sure there's some areas in our life that can be improved if we began to pray more. And the last question I have for you all is when will I commit to this life of constant prayer? When? See, I've realized that we would do a lot of that. We would even answer the questions, right? And have the questions answered, but then don't set a declaration date. When are you going to do it? When are you going to pray with that person? Right? How are you going to apply this to your life? When will you start? Because the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. What does that mean? That you can say that you believe, right? There's a person who says that they believe and, and do nothing. Then there's a person who believes, who says that they believe, and then they also walk it out. They go out and file for that business name. They go out, right, and apply for that. They say, Lord, I need a job. This is a, this is a person without faith, right, without the action. Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need, and they're praying constantly and don't fill out no job application. Lord, I need a job. They're about to evict me. Haven't filled that one job application. Then there's a person who says, Lord, I need you to help me. I need some money. I need to pay for my bills. I need to take care of my children. And you fill out an application and you fill out another application, and you keep filling out an application until God opens up the door for you. And then, when you do get that job, we forget, we, we don't do like some of us, right? We remember that God opened that door, and that we're thankful for that job, and we appreciate that job. So, that last question is, when will you commit to that constant life of prayer? Let us bow. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, this day at City Church. We thank you for the apostles. We thank you for their obedience that allows us to be able to do what we do. We thank you for choosing who uh, you chose, Father God. 
we thank you for those disciples and um, we thank you for calling them. Lord, we thank you again for their obedience and sharing uh, your ministry. And Lord, we know that without them, Father God, we wouldn't be where we are today. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be obedient. As you are discipling us, Father God, help us to walk out your, your, your word. Help us to, to live out what we see within the text. Help us to commit our lives to constant prayer. Help us to commit our lives to joining in together in prayer. Lord, help us to anticipate what you're going to do in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this amazing word. And Lord, we thank you for um, the opportunity to be able to bask in your presence. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let us stand.